Welcome to the Piedmont Arts Podcast, presented by WDAV and powered by Ortho Carolina. This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast, and this time we're looking ahead to an event that epitomizes the holiday season for many of us, the perennial presentation of the beloved ballet The Nutcracker with its immortal score by Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. My guest will be in the pit at the Stevens Center conducting when that score is performed by the UNC School of the Arts Orchestra beginning on December 8th at 7.30 p.m. and with a total of 10 performances through the 17th. He's also the dean of the School of Music at UNCSA, so it's a pleasure to welcome Brian Cole. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, let's begin by talking about the enduring appeal of this ballet and how it's become a fixture of our holiday season. To what do you attribute that? Why is it so appealing? Well, I think in today's society, and I say today, meaning really the last 30, 40 years, the the connection to the holiday season is is palpable. Uh, I think, you know, in these times, that is the big connection, especially with people who come to this uh, to this event, this performance, without the same connection to, well, to classical music or ballet that those maybe who were going to it for the first time 60, 70 years ago, per se, would have had. Mm-hmm. So I think that that connection is something to be really respected because that's what's getting a lot of people in the door. Um, but past that, it's the, it's music that's just pure Tchaikovsky in that it, it's it's so sensual. It's so, you know, that it plays to every one of your senses. Um, no one writes dance music like like Tchaikovsky. Uh, it's it's natural. It, it, it dances itself before you even see the see the dancers come on stage. Uh, and I don't think you have to have a lot of experience with ballet or classical music to get that right away. Uh, I've seen my children... Uh, become so um, inspired and energized by countless <laughs> recreations of this ballet that have been done in you know, animated movies and, you know, from Barbie animated films that my children, that are not really good films. My <laughs> children have watched countlessly and over and over again, only because the power of the music, yeah. um, which drives the whole thing. You know, and there's lots of examples of that. Uh, it's it's timeless. Um I think when somebody goes to see, uh, you know, a really, a really high-end, wonderful production of the Nutcracker, like the one that UNCSA has been doing for many, many years, um, it's unforgettable. The music is the heart of that, um, but and it, but all of the other elements, the dance, the uh, the production values, the like I said, the sensual nature of it, all, all every part of your senses are energized. But that all comes from the music and. And it's just pure mastery. Speaking of all of those elements, this this production is almost by default a celebration of the incredible programs and achievements of the UNC School of the Arts. Uh, talk about that briefly, and specifically, how does the Nutcracker bring together the amazing talents of the UNCSA faculty and the students? Well, you know, to 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 put that in context, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was having to consider whether I was going to come to UNCSA. To, to take this job as the dean of the School of Music. Um, there are a lot of great schools of music out there. The, the school I was at was a wonderful place that I, that I valued so much. Um, but when I visited UNCSA, uh, and I really saw you know, on the ground firsthand um, what this place is, the essence of this whole arts ecosystem where 
you know, these all these five art schools that touch virtually every corner of the arts industries, of the creative industries, are happening in this, like I said, in this ecosystem, very intimately connected and collaborating. It's it's such an exciting thing to be a part of. And it's so important for artistic development, for artistic training, for the futures of young emerging artists. So as I say that, one of the best examples of how that comes together is something like the Nutcracker. It's the biggest production that UNCSA puts on every year. Um, it's a it's a huge collaboration between the schools of dance, music, and design and production. Um, and the level of this production, the the quality of this production, far surpasses a majority of the professional productions that you will see that I have seen. Some that I have conducted. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a what. What UNCSA can do because of the sheer scale of the artistic talent we have from these amazing students, from the faculty, it, it goes past what most professional companies can do because we don't, academia doesn't have the same level of risk as some of those companies. And we can try new things and we can expand, the, we can push the fences back, per se, you know, mm-hmm. in baseball analogies. And uh, so um, all of those schools collaborating is so important to, to pushing art forward. It's so important to the development of the students and what it produces for the audience is something unforgettable. So, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen our production once when I came uh, in my first year last year. And uh, when Susan Jaffe, our uh, renowned dean and, you know, of, of dance, who's also was the principal ballerina for the American Belly Theater for many years, she's a real star. When she approached me about conducting the Nutcracker, uh, I immediately was very interested in it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what all of our students are doing together. It's, it's very exciting. You've anticipated my next question a little bit because I wanted to ask you about what drew you to this institution, and you've touched on that a little bit, and uh, your impressions about it. Uh, it might be useful for folks who are listening to this interview to understand uh, your background and where you're coming from, because as you mentioned, you've come from some pretty impressive conservatories in Valencia and also in Puerto Rico. So tell us a little bit about uh, those experiences. Sure. My my own artistic background training is all classical music. Um, I grew up uh, in in the same pr- training programs that you would expect from a lot of our our young artists. Uh, I had played woodwind instruments primarily. I did a bassoon. Uh, I was focused on the bassoon and did a performance degree in that. But then I transitioned in my studies and my fresh- professional career into conducting. So all of my artistic professional life has been conducting orchestras and opera. And uh, I ended up uh, accepting a position as one of the deans at the Puerto Rico Conservatory of Music back in 2005 or six, something like that. And uh, so I was there for eight years. Um, really wonderful, dynamic conservatory in, in this amazing heart of culture that is Puerto Rico that's, of course, really hurting right now um, due to the Hurricane Maria uh, devastation. Um, but it was a conservatory founded by Pablo Casals, right. you know, when he fled Spain from the Franco regime. Uh, and there's a lot of that conservatory today that you can trace directly back to him uh, with really solid roots and foundation uh, in classical music, but also really expanding out into contemporary forms, jazz and Caribbean music and, and the music of the tropics. Right. Um, so it was a really wonderful place to have my first administrative experience and, and be able to try a lot of different things. Um, I ended up 
leaving that conservatory to become the dean of Berkeley College of Music's first international campus, which is in Valencia, Spain, which they recruited me for, which was... Uh, Living in Spain was fantastic. I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> Valencia, especially, it's it's a wonderful place to live, a wonderful culture, great food, great wine, great people, um, so much history. Um, and Berkeley established uh, this international, their first international campus there that was focused primarily on master's degrees. We had four different degrees in, uh, in from global entertainment music business to music production, technology and innovation, um, scoring for film, television, and video games, and contemporary performance. So, again, really forward-thinking programs that yeah. that explored every part of the music industry, but were also really connected and highly co- collaborative between themselves. Then we had a, a pretty robust study abroad program that had students from from Berkeley's campus in Boston and other partner institutions around the world that come. So, so uh, it was, but it, it was. There are a lot of things I look back on on that position um, that I see now are some of the reasons why I was really attracted to coming to UNCSA. Um, if you take out the whole living in Spain side of it, which is pretty <laughs> pretty difficult to replicate <laughs> in other ways, that was a really wonderful experience. But but a place that that like I said um, really expanded the boundaries of what students thought of as the music industry and uh, and not so narrowly focused on maybe the cr- the one craft that you'd always been told you could do not not that not that we would change people's direction of you know if they wanted to be a guitarist or a violinist then they should pursue that but along the way you it's important to have to develop yourself as a whole artist and and to have a, a high degree of versatility and to have a, an amazing peripheral vision to see and understand all the opportunities that are out there so that you can seize them when needed uh, and that it's part specific training, but I think it's even more environment. If you grow up in an environment that's open and and you're around all these other really amazing innovative things and innovative people, uh, then then you grow accustomed to 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 seeing those possibilities, to to being able to uh, comprehend them and take advantage of them and engage them when necessary. And um, and so when I and then I came to UNCSA, which you know I look back. I look uh, now at that opportunity, and I see a lot of the same things that drew me to it. As I mentioned, this whole arts uh, campus, um, where I feel like everything's possible. You know, at my time in Berkeley and Valencia, I, I, I grew to really feel rewarded by the fact that I always felt that everything was possible for our students. The ideas that they would have, uh, the projects they'd want to pursue, and I feel that way very much at UNCSA, especially, you know, with a lot of things that. Are happening and are on the uh, are in in queue for um, collaborations of the schools, Think big projects and productions like you'll see with the Nutcracker, like with the the operas that we're doing, which are really expanding the boundaries of what people will think of as opera, and then future collaborations that we're looking at and, and intersections with the film school and the school of music, um, with our Center for Design Innovation, and looking for these really wonderful projects and and areas of study that are great for the community as well in terms of the intersection of arts and medicine. Um, we have a really w- a wonderful professor of percussion, John Beck, who's doing this project right now with uh, drum circles and therapy for cancer patients. Wow. There's, uh, that's one of so many examples that we're interested in going into cognitive you know, recognition and music for Alzheimer's patients. Things that the artistic community and, and these talented artists who are essentially creative problem solvers um, 
they have so much to add to all other sectors, not just of the economy, but of the community, of society, um, that are very powerful. And so a place a place like Berkeley and Valencia and a place like here in, in Winston-Salem or in the whole state of North Carolina that, that has fostered this UNCSA, those are, those are environments, those are artistic communities where those kind of things are possible. And I was drawn to it, and I've never looked back, and it's so exciting to be there every day. Well, hearing you speak about it, I can see why the uh, administration at UNCSA was drawn to you and <laughs> thought you were the right person for this, because you've, you've got me on board. Let me ask you just to bring this back around to the holidays and the Nutcracker. That's a beloved holiday ritual, and I'm just wondering for you as a musician, uh, specifically a conductor who uh, knows the score well and leads the orchestra in performing it, what does it mean to be a part of that ritual from your uh, personal perspective from my personal perspective one of the things I'm I mean it's 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 very meaningful because it's music that I've heard my whole life I remember the the first time I did conduct it I, I felt it felt very special because it you know the dance of the sugar plum fairy the all, all of the different musics that you've heard whether it was in cartoons or you heard in concert performances when you're actually doing it that feels really special and it takes you back uh, I've heard a lot of our students say that um, mm -hmm. it's a big commitment for our students to play this because you know there's ten performances and that's not even counting dress rehearsals and campus performances. I mean it's a big commitment, but I've heard so many of that or some of them have come up to me and said, I, I can't wait to play this piece. I've always wanted to do it or or I've played it the last three years. I can't wait to do it again. And I think it's because of that connection from your youth and because it's something that you have heard so so many times and the fact that people still love it just goes back to what I was originally saying about the power of this music um, personally though one of the reasons I'm really excited about doing this year is that this will be the first time that my own children will have been old enough and also been, had the opportunity to be there when, mm -hmm. I'm, when I'm performing it uh, I have a almost 15 year old daughter who, who I'm sure will come and then I have 5 year old twins who are now at that period where they're seeing some of these animated, you know, representations of the Nutcracker, and I've been, I've been playing the music for them and things. So, I'm really excited to to see their response and to see them start to form this connection, at least with the twins, uh, form this connection to the music that I anticipate will live on quite, you know, quite uh, for quite a long time. My guest has been Brian Cole, Dean of the School of Music at UNC School of the Arts in Winston-Salem. He'll be conducting the eagerly awaited annual performances of The Nutcracker, which begin on December 8th at the Stevens Center and continue through the 17th. Brian, thank you so much for being here. I hope this is just the first of many visits to WDAV for you. It's been a great pleasure, and let me know. I'll come back anytime. Great. Uh, for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast, I'm Frank Dominguez. This has been the Piedmont Arts Podcast, presented by WDAV and powered by Ortho Carolina. Subscribe to this podcast at wdav.org slash subscribe. And follow us on Facebook for classical music news, humor, and programming updates. WDAV is a service of Davidson College supported by listeners like you. Find us on the radio at 89.9 FM and HD1, streaming at wdav.org, or on our mobile app, available at Google Play and the iTunes App Store. Thanks for listening.